0: Hey, we are in for a fire show today. Literally, fire show. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy Award winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, She either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry.
0: Hey, this is Pam Perry. Thank you for joining us again, wherever you're listening from, whether you're listening on LinkedIn Live, whether you're listening on YouTube, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, you know, we're on all the podcast places, but I really want you to know about our guest today, um, Donna St. Louis. No, she's not from St. Louis. That's just her last name. Uh, Give you a little bit about her. She's a, um, she's really like, a motivational speaker. When I heard her on Clubhouse, I just loved her. I was like, immediately, I've got to have you on my podcast because she brings such fire, which is the name of her brand, Brand. Firebrand. She's motivated by the success of others and is driven by that internal passion to be a catalyst of their success. She has earned a Six Sigma Master Black Belt. Mm -hmm. That's not about karate either, too. And it's a premier business coach for Goldman Sachs Entrepreneur. So, you know, she's got the juice. She went from homeless at age 19 to building a 250 mil tech consultancy company. Then after losing it all in a failed relationship and leaving South Florida with only $2,500 in the bank, she rebuilt that first six figure income in less than six months and seven figures within a year. That's why I said she's got the fire. Donna is now recognized worldwide as a corporate sales and business coach and motivational speaker. And she has created several highly successful frameworks and methodologies in sales, marketing, which is why she's on Get Out There and Getting On Podcast, entrepreneur influence. I'm sure that probably has a lot to do with Uh, a little bit of PR in mindset. And I think what I heard mostly about her was her mindset when we were on Clubhouse. Each of these frameworks, she says, has been adopted by corporations worldwide, and she uses them to help speakers, coaches, and experts build highly profitable businesses. That's what I'm talking about. So with that, I'm going to bring up Donna. Hey! Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me here. On oh podcast. my God. So, so. You know, I really, I really, really appreciate your honesty in your bio and more so than what you've done, but just the transparency. And um, like I said, I felt like when I first heard you, I said, she's like a sister. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, I gotta find out who this lady is, but <laughs> The the whole thing about money and mindset. Um, when someone has as much as you had to lose it to being homeless, and you still have such so much joy, Donna. Dial- yeah. I mean, you just have joy. And so, we, we'll get into the marketing and all the sales kind of stuff. But give us the the, the secret sauce of like what makes you tick because that's hard for people to <laughs> to have bounced back from and not and not be bitter and mad. Okay. At all, by you, can the be, way. you can be bitter and mad, be like, Okay, I'm gonna make all this money back and I'm gonna make all other right. people pay. But you are always laughing, you have such a good attitude. So yeah, I'm
2: good. Well, you know, it's funny that you asked me that because someone asked me the other day, they're like, I think if I'd have walked away with only 2500, like I have some dead bodies in my way. <laughs> <laughs> that part, and I'm like, True, sis, but um, and I'm not saying I don't, just <laughs> we're just not gonna tell it, talk about them, no. Honestly, here's the thing. Here was a question that came up the other day, and it really does tie into what you just said. Somebody asked me, what is the difference between being rich and being wealthy? Mm. And I said, when this person basically had taken all the money out of my account and left me with $2,500, they were rich, but I was wealthy. See, rich is scarce. So what happened was I'm like, so here's the problem they have all this money and all they can do is this grip, they fist and hold onto it and be worried about if I spend it, what's going to happen. If I, if you know what happens when it runs out, you know, so all they can do is hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. And all I could do is, and all they could do is stare in one direction at that money because they're worried about every little dollar, every little penny, and where it's going to go. They couldn't look anywhere. They're stuck. Mm -hmm. I on the other hand was wealthy because I'm like, $2,500? $2,500? Cool. I'm going to turn that into, I was wealthy because I had a wealth mindset. I have I have an abundance of knowledge. I know how to turn, you know, a dollar, a 15 cent into $500. You know, I know how to do that. When somebody doesn't know how to do that, they're rich for a moment, but they're not wealthy for a lifetime. Mm, I
0: love that. That, that's worth a clap right there. <laughs> I'm like, and I hardly ever do it only just at the beginning, but that right there is the key. That is the key right. because of the mindset. And that's what I heard more um, about what you have done. I mean, you've built companies, tech companies and sales and marketing. You talk about the language of it. Uh, I like, even on your LinkedIn bio, uh, your intro, it says, you know, it's Donna.com when you're ready.
1: You know, right. it's like
0: it's like I'm I'm not gonna push it off on you. Just right, but right. I heard something when you said um, about excuses, and it, it's in your in your workbook in your program. I guess you have, and it says when something is over my head, I have no money and I have no time for it. And you talk about when that happens to you when you make action. Tell us a little bit about it. You were reading it from yeah. your book.
2: Actually, I have it, I have it right here. It's, it's, I knew you, know, you did. I do. But it's so funny because I say this and people who know me say, you know, a lot of motivational people will say that kind of stuff. And the funny thing is, I don't even consider myself motivational. I consider myself provocational
1: because yeah. um,
2: I'm like, I'm going to provoke you into action. But mm-hmm. most motivational people will say this, but they won't live it. And then people who know me are like, no, if she said it. That's what she's doing. So what it says is when I do things that are over my head and out of my financial reach that I don't have time for, the teacher appears always, the money manifests always, and my schedule just magically works out. I love it. A lack of money, time, and ability are excuses that manifest more of a lack of money, time, and ability. Take the risk, risk first, And the rest will come. Mm,
0: I love that. That is how I live my life too. It really is. I've been in business for 20 years and I took the leap. I call it the water walking faith, okay? It's just like, we got to just get out here. And it's really people who are courageous like you. Courageous um, is very, if people are bound by fear, fear of losing a job, fear of, of losing a relationship, fear of like, what if they say no? Fear of, sometimes you have to bust through some things. I said, sometimes you have to break down in order to break through because mm-hmm. it's you can't teach that. And so, but you, I like when you said, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a
2: provox, how do you say it? Provocational. I, I'm Provocational. more likely to provoke you into action. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so, so tell us about some of the ways where you do that because you do that through programs, you have challenges, you speak yeah. on Clubhouse, you provoke people. I'm yes. sure sometimes you have a little bit of um pushback, I'm sure.
2: Oh yeah, I have I have um haters and pushback and all the other, which yeah, thank you, God you it means I'm saying something people other people aren't saying. You um, said it, I didn't. That's it. Right. Haters. No, it's all good. <laughs> Listen, if you if you aren't getting a hater a day, you're not making any money. Like that's the that's whole it. job. That's
0: the truth. Like, that is the truth.
2: And especially people who are speakers. So let me speak to speakers real quick.
0: Okay, okay.
2: As a speaker you have you are on a stage holding a microphone you have the ears of all these people and the minds of all these people whether it's for 15 minutes or 5 hours you have a responsibility not to regurgitate But to say something that is actually going to shake them to their soul and not to go out there, well, I'm going to try to be profound. No, not to try to be profound. It is time for you to stop following the masses and be a thought leader. You see something that somebody else is saying, if you don't agree with it, don't agree with it, but then have something else to follow it up with. Because I'm so tired of watching these speakers get up here and they're just. I saw one speaker, I'm not kidding you, literally just regurgitate a bunch of quotes and then say what those quotes meant to him. And I'm like, bro, I don't care. <laughs> you have not changed me at all. And this is why I stopped listening to speakers. Oh, oh my, my god. Oh, I, it was like yesterday.
0: I felt like I was in a fight on Clubhouse. It was a round robin. And uh, so this is, it was a round robin of people and they had to say a comment on something and everybody sounds so canned, like they were reading it. I know on Clubhouse you can't really tell. And they sound so, I said, I I can't. I said, I just can't. I said, this is just way too much. I said, why does everyone try to pretend like they want to impress themselves right or or whatever's going on i'm like please just be yourself and
2: and like i gotta have a hair flipping moment on it and let it go come on on.
0: i saw this is a side note i saw the best video this was from 2008 the other day it was tina turner and beyonce i was like oh and they were doing proud mary i was like you know what i need to see this at least once a week oh my god Tina we, was no joke. Okay. Beyonce right. was like
2: just trying to keep up. <laughs> Listen. Like, oh, yeah, oh
0: yeah,
2: But the, the thing that I really like. I about don't even want to be Tina's week workout partner. I'm going to tell you right now. I Ooh. think still today she'll put me in the ground. I'll be like, look, girl, I'm going
0: to just is walk is around fine. this block. You go do your thing. <laughs> she oh is God. amazing. Yes, yeah, she is amazing. Still, still to this day. But one of the things that I like that, that you do is that you have, a lot of things that you talk about sales and marketing, you put all this together. I love the way everything looks, right? But you talk about the ultra high ticket offer in Hooks. Right. And this show particular, get out there, get known. People want to get out there and get known. And Donna, it's fine for people to get out there and get known, but I also want them to get paid. The whole point of getting out there and getting known, so you get paid. Right. So you can be Facebook famous or be that oh. Insta celebrity and be broke. Mm. And so you could be a
2: TikTok twerker and making not making two cents. <laughs> I'm just saying we're gonna add that with
0: it. <laughs> That's it. So tell us a little bit about the psychology of the high ticket offer, and, and it really comes down to courageousness, which you have, but also there's probably some other things that that you teach and spark in people as well. And
2: here, so here's the big thing, and and so again, remember when I say you have a responsibility to say something that other people aren't saying. Let me tell you why the ultra high ticket offer is so critical. Most people, and I'm going to use speakers, 50, 50, it was a little less than 50% of speakers during the pandemic completely lost their livelihood. 50%. Almost 50%. I'm not going to say it's like 47, 48. It was in that area. Yes. Right? It was almost 50%. Completely lost their livelihood because the event industry closed down and people weren't hiring for keynote speeches. What they were hiring for were experts Mm -hmm. who knew how to deliver content in a virtual environment. And so you had these people who went up there and it was like, I just have to tell my story. Ooh.
0: Damn uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trigger for me I just, just got to tell
2: my story I'm like, honey, that's what therapy is for Um, That's where you go tell that story That therapist will listen to you For $120 a week That therapist will let you tell that story Until you are tired of telling it So ain't nobody <laughs> else got to hear that damn story The platform is not a place for therapy Yes, thank, right? you. If thank you, you I mean, seriously
0: If you so and a lot of Black what, people have a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of Black people have a lot of trauma, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. We have
2: mercy and we want to. We think we are the best thing in, on the face of the earth because we got up there and talked about what our mom daddy, uncle, cousin did us back. Nobody nobody cares.
0: Nobody's going to pay you for that. No. I don't care about your
2: shark bite. I don't care about your trauma. Nobody's Quite honestly, you they don't it. care about me being homeless. They don't care about me being homeless. They honestly don't care about me making $250 million. What they really want to know is, How'd you do? But how did you do that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Oh, you did it twice. <laughs> and I'm like, I did it several times. Mm-hmm. Right? And So nobody really cares about your trauma. You need to be able to, and this is where ultra high ticket offers come in. In order to have ultra high ticket offers, so I want you to think about a funnel. Most of the time when people are like, you know, if you want to get a bigger audience, you want people to know who you are. The first thing you have to do is, is create this top of funnel thing. So the first thing that you need is like some free PDF or giveaway, something they can download, something small, something insignificant, something, 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 something. That is where you sell from. That is not where you build your business from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that one more time. Mm -hmm. That is where you sell from. Where you start is at the bottom of your funnel with your ultra high ticket offer. Then you pull out from there and say, and here's my medium offer. Then you pull out from there and say, this is my um, low ticket offer. Then, so that's where you build from. And then on this, the other side is where you sell from. So you build from the bottom up. What is my ultra high ticket offer? Where do I want people ultimately to get to? Mm-hmm. And then when you sell, you sell from your high ticket offer down, what I find is this, and this is my speaker beeps. They think because they got on stage one time for ten thousand dollars, that they are ultra high ticket offer a salesperson, you are not. um, I'm gonna tell you right now because I get paid twenty five thousand dollars to get on the stage and somebody couldn't pay me to leave my house for ten thousand dollars to get on the stage. So therefore, I'm going to let you know that $10,000 is right at the bottom and middle of the road. You have not hit ultra high ticket. That's number one. Number two, that is not an ultra high ticket offering that works for long term. That is called gig chasing. Ooh. You are not creating recurring revenue. That's why 40 something, almost 50% of them were out of business because they were gig chasing. And when the gigs dried up, they were broke. Oh, my God.
0: This needs to be in a book. That, <laughs>
2: that
0: you know, like to speakers, quit gig chasing.
2: They're getting and, and, and I
0: publish speakers' magazine, so a lot of them are gig chasing. But I like what you said that they are looking for experts.
2: Yes, that
0: are delivering content. Yes, not someone reciting or memorizing. And quotes. this,
2: and this <laughs> is what it looks like, by the way. When and and here's the funny thing. So my $25,000 speech is my top of funnel. That is my very low ticket offer in the speaking industry. My middle of the funnel is probably around 50,000 and my bottom of funnel, where I make my most money is (laughs) about 250,000. So my top of funnel for my speaking industry is my $25,000 offering. Why? Because it is a one-time gig chasing opportunity. It is not until I get that client into a $50,000, $60,000, dollars $100,000 opportunity that they're now at the middle of the funnel. And that's what people aren't thinking about. They think, oh, because I'm making $25,000 for this one event, that's how I know it's top of funnel. It is one single, non-recurring opportunity. And, and by the way, having them, they're going to let me speak for them again next year does not make it... <laughs> Not necessarily. Somebody else out there gig
0: chasing probably did it.
2: Let me tell you. I love when they're like, yeah, but they're going to have me next year. I'm like, you know how many people that had me three years in a row? You know what that means? That means they got in my top of funnel three times. That's what
0: that means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you do need to have a reoccurring uh, contract with them. right? Well, What happens is
2: they -hmm. get up there and they give this fantastic speech. And then the event planner comes to them and they go, that was so good. You did such a fantastic job. I love to talk to you about your um, three month program, or what type of group coaching program you have, or what other ways that you actually deliver this content. Uh oh. And then they like, the, what the huh? <laughs> I, mean, I could come back and do a speech um, for y'all tomorrow. Like, like that's not oh, what they're asking you that's for. That's not
0: what they're asking for. That's not
2: what they're asking. Nana,
0: me for. oh my god, that is Speaking really is just petite. an entryway. But even if they did speak for twenty five thousand, if they bled all over the audience with their horrible stories of, of of you know going through the trauma and the things, they won't even come back.
2: They won't get another. Because one. They won't
0: even ask them about what programs. No.
2: They have. Oh my gosh. And,
0: and I and I say that from the standpoint that um, Speakers Magazine five years old this this mm-hmm. this month or this year, and the majority of the speakers, maybe a few of them. Um, someone egged them on to speak. You should tell your story, just like in the book. You should write a book. You should write a book. And and before it was like, write a book, write a book. And then now we got millions of books that aren't selling. Right. But that's a little bit different because they're sitting on the shelf and they're maybe on print on demand. But in speaking, it's more personal. And so I see a lot of people a lot more hurt because people aren't asking them to speak. It's like, listen, you had it in a book and people didn't buy the book. Why do you think? Them, oh my god, gonna,
2: my favorite is, yeah. My favorite is they think that somebody what they're doing is they're sitting there like, I, I'm just trying to get to the point where um, my phone just rings off the hook. I'm like, you keep waiting in the meantime. I'm gonna go ahead and do these sales, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and pick up the phone and make these phone calls and close that deal, real quick. but you keep waiting, then you know. or. I'm going to just get someone to sell me for me. You haven't figured out how to sell you for you. How do you think somebody else is going to come in and do that? Yeah. Or my favorite is, I'm just going to get with the Speakers Bureau. Oh, my goodness. And, and I'm just going to let the Speakers Bureau do it for me. I'm like, they don't like to sell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah. it, 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 and I want you to, they, listen, the, the Speakers Bureau, they think, has that magic wand. Like,
2: ooh, no, ooh, you do. We put your picture up and then, you know, and it really is about what problem are you solving? Right. And, and, and what we do is they put you in, by the way, when they put you in, so they'll put me in and they'll say, listen, you're at, the, you're at the top at 25 and we got somebody else here at five and we got somebody at 10 and we got somebody at 15, but we're going to submit four people. You really think they're just submitting you because they asked you? No, they're submitting all four. Because they were submission All four because what they're trying to do is get the engagement, not get you paid. Right. <laughs> and to get that's, the who, they're that's who they're pushing hardest. they hardest. Whoever they're, they're gonna buy. They're, they're pushing me the hardest, you know why? Because they gonna make more money off of me. They're like, commission. if I to do her, I'm gonna get 6,000. If I do you, I'm not. So.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That is, <laughs> you know, it is the you, commission. They'll get 8, so they'll mm-hmm. do me, they'll put me in there and get 8,000, right? Because they're gonna get they're gonna get a certain percentage, let's say thirty percent. They're gonna put or twenty five percent. They're gonna put somebody else in at ten thousand, and they're like, yeah, but with you, I'm only getting twenty five hundred. Hmm. So I, do I want her where I can get six seven grand, or do I want you where I can get twenty five hundred? Same amount of work.
0: Same amount of work, kind of like with people who sell houses for a living, real estate. You want to sell a million dollar home or twenty five
2: thousand? Yeah.
0: It's, it's the same thing. So yeah. where do you think that um, if we're looking at a speaker, and so let me ask you, so Donna, where was the, I guess you say the most publicity that you've gotten, and what did it net versus maybe another way of looking at how to get out there, get known, that really brought in income? Because people think publicity brings income, it brings exposure, which could lead to people right. contacting you but you still have to sell right so give me like an example of something that happened like that
2: so I I can't sit here and tell anybody well no 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 no. I can give you one I have one and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and I don't know if this counts as publicity or not but I'll tell you what I did so right at the beginning of the pandemic I had a light board studio that I built specifically because the pandemic was happening And if people don't know what a light board is, you have to go to my LinkedIn profile, looked at one of the videos. It'll be all black with me standing in the middle, writing on this board. And people are like, how is she doing that? (laughs) Just trust me, it looks crazy cool. But what happened was I went on LinkedIn. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic, probably around March or April, May, sometime around there. And I reached out to every association that I had ever spoken to before. And I said, on Friday at noon, I am giving a two-hour session on sales for absolutely free. And y'all know I don't do free. It is the worst F word I've ever heard in my life. And I said, but I recognize that you need to serve your audience. And so I am going to gift this to you for all the years that you all have supported me. And so that was my gift back to them. We had... A ridiculous number of people that showed up. I mean, and I did it like this live stream. Like I didn't take anybody's, give me your emails. Nope. They were on LinkedIn, Facebook. It went everywhere. And I made from that one engagement, probably about that year, probably about $300,000 in speaking engagements.
0: In the pandemic.
2: Walking 50 feet from my bedroom to my studio. You're on the
0: pandemic. At the beginning You're of the, the pandemic when everybody else trying to figure out Zoom.
2: I was making so much money and, and literally talking about, oh, I got two this week, right? like Because people were, they were hiring me for full on, we want you to do a six month sales program with us. We want you to do an eight week program with us. Can you come in to do this? Listen, they weren't spending money on events. Mm-hmm. So, they so had. not that they, they didn't have a budget. Yeah, yeah. They had a budget. They needed us to be the experts that we are to find a way. I saw so many speakers sitting back talking about, you know, they need to figure this out. They're not hungry.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need to figure a- out
2: how to serve them.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my God, that is so key. That is yep. so key. So one of the ways is where you gave and then it came back. And And I gave
2: without, I gave literally, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, I'm giving this because I need your email addresses and I need to sell y'all. I didn't even make a sales call afterwards. It was literally a gift. What was the key though, wasn't that I went and did something free. It wasn't that I, it wasn't, it was the content, but specifically I, I did a thumb stopping event. In other words, when they went through and they were like, hold on, how does she do that? How is yeah. she writing in the air? Is yeah. she writing backwards? How is that? Wait a minute. And then they turn up the volume. Like, so wait, what is she talking about again?
0: Yeah, I love it because it was innovative. It was innovative it was, and it was relevant at that time.
2: It was Innovative, and it was relevant. It was saying, this is how you, you know, people are going to get Zoom fatigue. They're already tired of it already. Let me do something a little different for your audience. Yes.
0: Oh my God. Donna. I just love that. That is, that is what a real entrepreneur does. And one of the things you're not afraid to fall forward, you know, everything that, that we touch doesn't always turn out the right way, but we did
2: learn to go. Girl, you should go see the first videos. Okay. They were horrible. Okay. I'm just going to say, oh my goodness. I mean, people, people still thought they were cool, but I'm looking at it going, this is not what I want this to look like at all. You know, I mean, I'm like, this is garbage, but People were still like excited about it, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. I tell people all the time, you talk about failing forward. Here's one of my favorite things to say if you ask most people in the world, they'll say, and who the greatest uh golfer in the world is. Most people would go, Tiger, Woods. Tiger Woods. like they wouldn't, like, duh, right? Yeah, and then I go, but do you know that Tiger has never actually succeeded at a perfect game ever? Mm in his entire career because, and they're like, of course, no, a perfect game is 72. I'm like a perfect game is not par because we've had people that have gotten better than that. A perfect game is literally 18 holes in one. Ooh. Think about it. Yeah. They're 18 holes. A perfect yeah. game is like literally this, hitting that every world. single time.
0: Ooh, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Never going to so, happen.
2: Every time that Tiger has actually played at every hole, he has failed. He has failed his way into being a billionaire. billionaire.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: what did he fail at? Being perfect.
0: And I always say completion is better than perfect. I say that all the time. But that's Just the point. Stop and move. Just stop. Move.
2: Chasing perfection and recognize. If and this is why I say that because if he got to that tee and he was like, "I am going to hit." a hole-in-one from this T, if that's what he tried to do every time, he would fail. He would fail. And here's why. Here's why. Because be you'll get be the T. You'll be here at the T, but the hole is around this curve over here. You can't even see it. So where is this ball going to end up? In the trees, in the lake, <laughs> right? If you keep trying so hard to be perfect, 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 chasing perfection delivers mediocrity. Mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. chasing yeah.
2: excellence, chasing, delivering something better delivers perfection.
0: Yeah. And it gets you out there and get known. Cause so many people will come to me and say, Hey, you know, um, I need a publicist. I want to get out there and get known. And it's like, okay, get out there and get known for what? And most people can't even really articulate it. Right. And, and I think sometimes people really have this, uh, I guess you would say they need the dopamine of like being seen. And I think social media has made that more so like, like a thing, like it is, just, a thing. it is, it's just so much like, how much can I, how much attention can I get online? But the whole time, when you think about it, I mean, people who are millionaires and billionaires, they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking well, about how like self-serving,
2: enough. right? Like, like for me to go, I just have to get out there and tell my story. Well, that is very self-serving. The words in it are I and my, right? Mm-hmm. This is, the, I'll tell you what made me do more things like this from a, a, you know, just getting out in the in the public eye more is I was thinking about my clients and th- for the people who know me in the coaching industry or know me in the speaking industry, they're like, oh, you are with Donna? All right. Okay. I've had people who've gotten clients because they've said, oh, Donna St. Louis is my coach. Wow! And someone told me this. This publicist actually told me once. She said, "You don't do a lot of video. You know, you don't go out on social media a lot. Like, you're just not out there a lot." And I'm like, "Yeah," because I'm usually working with my clients. Like, that's my priority. And she said, "Yeah, but you're stealing from them." And I'm like, "Stealing? How that is? Right?" <laughs> she right. said. Yeah. <laughs> she said because think about it this way. She goes, "Doctor, Doctor Phil is rich." Because Oprah shined a spotlight on him, and yeah. Oprah said, "Dr. Oz is where Dr. Oz is." Because and of Rachel Ray
0: and all of and yeah. Rachel
2: Ray and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, "By you not being out there enough, you're making it harder for your clients." Whereas they could just go, "Oh, but yeah, Donna coaches me. I'm I'm a part of Firebrand." And then I'm like, "I got you." That's so I had to by. be. So I'm not. I don't, I'm not out here for me or for myself, quite That's honestly. I'm out here going, okay, I have to do more out there in the public for my people, for my team, for others, for recognition, firebrand. So that when I say, cause I don't introduce myself as Donna St. Louis, CEO of firebrand. That's why it's not named after me. It's named firebrand. <laughs> like it's not even named after me, but it does have to be one of those things that when, when my clients say, Oh, I'm a firebrand coach that people go, Oh, okay. Um, where do I sign? <laughs> like it has to be that easy because the standards to get up and get through, or even the standards of a firebrand speaker. I've had people that literally go, Oh, well, Donna St. Louis coached me on speaking and they've gotten engagements because of that. Mm. Right. If you are out doing something, cause you're just, I just got to do it for me. It's the wrong yep. reason. But yeah. when you're out there for something greater than you, you deliver greater than you. Mm-hmm. It pulls you. It's, it, it, that's Absolutely. what it pulls you. I think about it every time Google I'm out Google. here. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, yeah. think about, so I was on, uh, when, where you met me, I was on Chanel Summit, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Chanel came back. She's like, okay, I'm going to have you open. And I'm like, of course, whatever you need, right? And then um, what a lot of people don't know is that on that panel, there were probably about five people that were my clients. <laughs> yeah oh they so we call them family members so they're all chanel siblings in the firebrand family and mm-hmm. um and chanel's i'm like i got you i said and i'll make sure that everybody that's a family member is fire as well and so yeah. that's kind of a big deal and you know it's one of those things where if i bring fire and then chanel goes well that's my coach and people go oh okay
0: that's exactly. community. That's community, right. and that's so big today. I want to tell people that public relations has to do with relationships, and relationships yes. are built in community. And you can't be a lone ranger. You will definitely be alone. Uh, you won't build your business, and it'll just be hard. It won't. You won't have. You won't have joy. I mean, you hear the passion and the joy of. Um, and I'm sure she works hard, but Donna, she has passion enjoying what she does. I love she what I do, uses, and she uses her influence to help others. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times when people say, "Oh, I want to get out there and get known," what do you want to be known for? Right. And what really you think about that? Do that. And who do you really want to help? That. Yeah, yeah. Let it. Right. Let who it do you really, really want to help? Yes, and that's the same thing with Speakers Magazine. It was created organically five years ago, and it was to really give shine to African American speakers because I knew that the the secular media, sometimes, I mean, you can be the best publicist or whatever, but they're not going to pick people that won't match their audience. And so I mean, I say won't match their audience. Like if their audience is mostly white, they're not trying to have a whole lot of black people. This is before 2020 anyway. So anyway, so it's just, it's a whole thing that I'm not trying to like figure out racism. I'm just trying to get my black, Black people paid. Okay. (laughs) Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, we gotta do something. I'm not gonna just stand here and not do anything. We gotta do something. So that's why there's a black press. That's why there's black radio, talk radio. That's why we have to recognize that
2: we can be on stage and not be the preacher or the punchline. Thank you. Like you can get on stage and be an expert. I am an African-American female. Tech. Who is one of the top sales speakers in the world? Among sales, there is sales is white men. I'm just gonna say how it is, and I compete with them hard and say things they, they don't so say in tech too. Because you also a lot of them for their contracts, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Wow. So you you really, I mean. You do not have to be the preacher and the punchline on stage. You really don't. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the punchline. And you, dang, on sure don't have to talk about your trauma. You have expertise that you can share. You need to sit down and literally stop thinking about how can I get a speaking business and think about how can I be an expert who speaks on the platform because that's going to create demand.
0: Ooh, I hope you all took that down. And that is, that is, that's to drop the mic right there. (laughs) That is to drop the mic right there. I love that. So Donna, how can people get in touch with you? Um, We have Mike over here and Regina and our live over here. They're on LinkedIn because, you know, our LinkedIn people are real serious. They're like, we want to know about the money. How do we get money? So how can they get in touch with you so they can really um, move further in, in what they're trying to do in the world?
2: I'll give I'll give you two things. Um so the first thing I'm going to tell people is that you definitely I know it sounds so counterintuitive and I am one of those people, you know, I say this all the time. If you're like, "She don't say what 99% of the people say, that's because I'm part of the 1%." So you might want to listen we're doing slightly better than the 99%. And so what you really want to do is you want to start crafting your bottom of the funnel or your hot Ultra high ticket program first, and then work your way up. Don't start with your skinny stuff and then work your way down. To get that workbook, I'm going to send you. Go to firebrandworkbook.net. Mm-hmm. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Now, fire if you're is, like fire is f y f y r e. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because fire. Yeah, fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you definitely want to you want to get the workbook. The workbook literally will walk you through how to do things like identify who your dream client actually is. Ooh, Jesus. Um, identify, I mean, your dream client, identify what your roadblocks and your mental blocks are in regards to money and why you don't feel like you can walk out of the door and ask for 25,000. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what your ultra high ticket offer actually is. How do you create hooks that attract your ultra high ticket client, your ultra high ticket dream client? And how do you create, recurring opportunities for those people to hire you over and over and over again, because that definitely is a thing. So that's number one. So the first thing I would tell them to do is go grab firebrandworkbook.net, literally just walk through the workbook. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, if they want something a little bit more personalized, where they're actually on with me, they can go to firebrand challenge. So we have a challenge coming up. It's a laser coaching challenge where people literally walk through the workbook, and I am coaching them on the spot. It's only it's over three days. It's one hour. It's virtual. It's from home. Um, the next one is coming. The, there's one going on right now. So the funny thing is if anybody jumps in right now, they're gonna get all the recordings from the current challenge, which means you'll be able to go do your workbook. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then come to the new challenge and get laid ahead of the class. Right, be well yeah. ahead of the class because it's all included. Anyway, but the next challenge is coming up on July 19th, 20th, and 21st. There's a challenge going on right now. We've already done our second day, so we only have one day left. But if they get into this challenge before tomorrow, they not only get the recordings from this current challenge, but they get the next challenge and the workbook right now as well as all the videos. There is a video by step-by-step video program that oh, goes with it as well. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. And it really is one of those things where, you know, people are I hate to say it, but people are telling you to do it wrong. They're telling you to start by, you know, what's your top of funnel? What's your middle funnel? What's your bottom? That's that's the wrong way to do it. It's backwards. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to set your foundation of your bottom funnel first, your ultra high ticket offer, and then work your way out. Because listen, worst case scenario, you sell your middle of the funnel and you're making $300,000 a year and you're working from home. Like that's the worst case scenario for most of my clients. That would be good. And,
0: <laughs> and if things are different today in, in 2022. Than yeah. it was when people were just getting online on the internet. Okay. Right. And and so what people were teaching years ago about the, you know, have a, a, a low-end offer and da this and that is change. And and people right. have to be aware of that. And so just and you aware. can still
2: have it, but that's but you have to understand what you do with it because that's not where you make money. And the, and people don't understand funnels well enough at all from a marketing perspective to understand. That's not where you make your money at all. Zero, period, the end. And most people believe that is. And I tell people all the time, but if your top of funnel wasn't working, would you still be able to make money? And the answer for most of them is no, mm-hmm. because they haven't figured out how it actually works. And, and again, people don't build right. They build from the top of the funnel and work down. You have to build from the bottom of the funnel and work up. I love it. I love it. All the way up. <laughs> work all the way up. And work then when you do way. that, then when you do that, when you sell, you 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 sell out like crazy. And and it's not something that takes, it doesn't take forever. It you're building a business that's supposed to last your lifetime. It takes a solid six months of work. The good news is that usually by the time you hit month four, you're already making money. At least my clients are in my mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. You know, my whole thing is before you exit my program, I want you to get your return on investment. So, I mean, I'm really, really, really big on that. I don't like anybody to come through my program that doesn't walk out with their money before the program is over. And, and so. It talks, yeah. And it really talks
0: about mindset. How bad do you want it? Are you going yeah. to let excuses stop you? Uh, there are things that go on all the time. There are excuses for everything. But how bad
2: do you want it? And then you have to have the mindset. You would literally have to quit. You would literally have to quit. I mean, with a capital Q, quit my program, um, not to complete it successfully. That's the mm-hmm. only way because your cohort is going through it with you, and there's usually only about six people in a cohort. And we don't move forward unless everybody moves forward. So mm-hmm. you are either a holding people back, or you're going to quit. Wow. That's, right. That's so your cohort isn't going to let you fail. Yes. I'm not going to let you fail. So the only person that's going to let you fail is the person in the middle, in the mirror. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right. we we really do create a program that that con- it gets people to that level of success.
0: Oh well, thank you so much, Donna. This has been so good. You're you're you're
2: in Florida. You're still in Florida. I am in Florida. I'm in the Tampa area. All right, all right.
0: I love Florida. So if I am in the area, I would love to do Absolutely. a face to face with you. Yeah. Uh, it was so exciting just being on the Zoom with you, doing this interview, and 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 doing all of that. But I definitely love your energy, the the foresight that you had at the beginning of the pandemic, with the light board, uh, just creative things like that, just really geeked me up, you know. So oh, I girl. I just really <laughs> really appreciate it. And so I will see you around um, on the Clubhouse streets. Uh, as well that is like one of my favorite actually this evening uh this is taint but uh willie jolly is going to be on clubhouse oh. to really give inspiration to some of the speakers really well. yes and you know how he's so motivating so i kind of figured, mm. you know this little summer slump maybe maybe some of these speakers will need some motivation that i can't really give them i help them with pr but i said motivation let's get uh willie jolly and so you did the product productization no not yeah no.
2: Yeah. You said it right. Pro- oh, provoca- provocative. Pro- provocative. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm more provocational. provocational. He is definitely motivational. Me right. and 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 you're me provocational. Yeah. We have, uh, we have shared a stage. He's an awesome human being.
0: Yes. Yes, that is. Well, thank you so much for joining, get out there and get known podcast. And I will talk with you soon. God bless. Absolutely. Thank you.